0: Welcome. In this recruitment startup series, Louise Triance talks with David Ellis of Precision Global Consulting. We talk spreading your wings. Are you ready to contract out to the USA? This is definitely worth a listen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Recruitment Startup Series. Um, this episode is um, called Launching Your Contract Business in the USA. And I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by a complete expert from an expert business. Um, but before <laughs> I introduce my guest, David, um, if you're watching this live on Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter, feel free to pop any questions in the comments and we'll try to come to those. If you're watching live on Crowdcast, Feel free to say hi here as well. And if you're watching this on catch up, I'll make sure I've shared the details of where you can um, chat with my guest after the show. So, without further ado, David, would you like to introduce yourself and your business?
1: Thanks, Louise. It's, it's lovely to be called an expert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know how confident I can be in that title, but happy to happy to intro, introduce myself and in the business. So, um, I work for PGC. My role is director of business development and um, what we do on a very high level is we're called an employer of record so we employ workers on behalf of our clients Um, a lot of our clients are recruitment agencies from the uk and from europe um, and they've expanded their business over to the us and essentially what our service enables them to do is manage a book of contract business so a little bit like an umbrella company in the uk um, conceptually um it works quite differently in the US. So I'm always a bit kind of hesitant um, to, to use that comparison. Okay, but that, that's kind of the concept.
0: Okay, great. So I've got questions for you around that. And that I think we'll probably go into a bit more detail about what exactly it is you're doing. Um, but this show forms part of our recruitment startup series. Now, I guess if you were just starting your recruitment agency, part of that could be looking at contract business in the USA. But what we're talking about now, David, could be equally relevant for someone who's established in the UK and looking to expand. Is that right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So we we work with a really wide variety of clients. Um, We work with very established UK firms um, who are looking to set up in the US. Mm -hmm. Um, We work with firms who are already set up in the US. Maybe they're managing things in house and want to outsource or maybe they're even with another provider in the US. Mm -hmm. Um, Our real specialism, I guess our niche, would be working with clients from the UK and Europe and helping them launch. And I guess what really excites us is going on that journey with people and seeing them land in the US, seeing them grow and seeing them expand. And um, I mean, we've got really successful clients from the UK who we've been in business with for nearly nine years now Um, really well-known recruitment companies who we're still partnering with them today and I think that's really exciting taking them from an idea and kind of helping them make you know playing a small part in uh, in making it um, a reality.
0: Okay cool Although I think it's quite a significant part and that's what we're going to come to in a minute. Um, (laughs) So if you're watching this show and you're already an established recruiter it's just as relevant for you and maybe you've got some questions about um, the the US market or the Um, Some of the technical aspects of making that move, or maybe in the early days of setting up a business, you know that contractors were going to be part of that and you want to be global. So, David, tell me about the U.S. market. What's it like in general?
1: (laughs) That's a big question. (laughs) Um, So, I mean, I guess it's not going to be news to anyone that um, the U.S. market particularly is um, very exciting to recruiters. At the moment, um, which is obviously great for business from our perspective. Um, the US, it probably makes sense for me to take a step back and talk about the US in general. Um, it's the biggest economy in the world, um, made up of 50 states, all of which operate quite differently. Um, it's actually probably easier to look at it as 50 different countries in a lot of ways, um, in that you have federal legislation, state legislation, and then also local legislation as well. Um, I mean, if we're comparing it to the UK, for example, it's just enormous. (laughs) Um, So the GDP of California is bigger than the GDP of the whole of the UK combined, and that's just one state. So we're talking big numbers of people, um, massive thriving economy, um, and then more specifically the US, staffing market, so the recruitment market. um, That is, I think it makes up roughly 30% of the global staffing spend um, worldwide. Um, SIA, I don't know if you've come across staffing industry analysts, but they do some really great research on on the US market particularly. Um, So I think the market as a whole last year was valued at uh, around 160 billion. Um, and so it's, it's a huge market, a lot to aim at. Um, the other interesting thing when you compare it to somewhere like the UK is, um, comparatively the UK market is quite a bit more saturated, Mm -hmm. the recruitment market. So it sort of depends a little bit who you ask and, um, where you get your facts from. Um, but I, when I last looked at it, I think it was the REC um, published results that there was about 40,000 recruitment companies in the UK. Um, obviously, some of those are quite small, like one-man bands and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's between twenty and 30,000 in the whole of the US. Wow. So much, much bigger market, far fewer agencies operating there. So some of the great things that I hear in terms of the positive sides of the market is um, You know clients are just way more receptive to sales calls from recruiters um the margins can be two or three times the size so you know you're potentially doing the same amount of work and getting paid double the amount sounds good to me um the challenge with the us is also in the scale of it as well so it's an enormous place you can get kind of lost quite easily Mm -hmm. in in all of the noise Mm -hmm. Um and because all of the states operate quite differently, there is challenges when it comes to the um, compliance and tax side of things. um so that's that's what we're h- here to kind of help oh, yeah um okay. it's not it's not a straightforward place to do business, but it's um there's some great things about doing business there definitely.
0: okay so if the, the, the different states it's like doing business in or literally almost doing business in different countries. Do you find that recruiters focus geographically on areas, or would they have a niche which is an expertise niche?
1: That's a really great question, Louise, actually, because um, what we've seen from our experience um, is that either one of those works. Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely want to be niche. It's yeah. a huge place. Um, they call it niche, by the way. Yes, yes, um, so you definitely want to be niche. Um, and either having a, a sort of very niche special, a specialism mm-hmm. um, would be recommended or specializing in a geographical location and kind of creating a bit of a community and a culture. So for example, I mean, one of the clients that we work with, they're very well known for creating brands and then like sub-brands within the brand. Um, so they have really like niche within a niche kind mm-hmm. of special um expertise okay. and then another client we've worked with they tended to go to a location let's say austin texas okay. build a community get very well known do events and stuff like that okay. become very well known in that area and then launch that to a new location so it depends on your industry and and what your background is okay what really doesn't work is trying to be a generalist no so no, just imagine. as long as you're a niche in one way or another okay yeah
0: uh, you you said something there about going to a location. I'm going to come to, back to that because I had a question I wanted to ask you about um, physically being in the, the area. So we'll, we'll come back to yeah. that. Um, I was going to ask you what's attractive about um, you know recruiting in the US. I think you've probably covered quite a bit of that. And it's given me a few more questions I'm going to ask later on. Um, you talked about the better margins. Is that, and can you just tell me a bit more about that? Because I think that for recruiters, the fee is obviously kind of, a significant part of why we do this talk yeah. to me about how the margins
1: work uh that, that is a great question um i guess what i'm going on is anecdotal evidence from the conversations i've had with our clients so i don't have any direct experience of negotiating margins or anything like that having said that what i have heard is that the margins just on average tend to be far higher I think a big part of that is the, the fact that there's a lot less competition. So you're just able to just able to charge more for what what you would in the UK. Okay. Um, the other thing that I've been told on a number of occasions is that um, the role of a recruiter and and actually the role of a salesperson is viewed quite differently in America. It's seen as more of a. Uh, I don't I don't know, to say the wrong words, but potentially more of a professional career Um, And I think sometimes in the UK, it's maybe looked down on a little bit, Mm -hmm. arguably. Mm -hmm. I used to be in recruitment, so I I definitely know that feeling of kind of being looked down on a bit. (laughs) Um, So I I think those are two big factors on the margins. But I mean, for example, I spoke with a client a couple of weeks ago. They recruit in the UK and the US, Mm -hmm. mostly perm stuff. And um, the owner was saying to me that they literally make... 30, 30K mm-hmm. um, in the US where they would have made 10 in the UK. So it's it's the same work. You're, you're making the same level of placement. You're just able to charge a lot more for it.
0: Okay. Um, and that brings me on to a question which I was um, sent in by Stuart, which was, is the cost of doing business higher? I'm probably jumping ahead of myself here. I think that's a question for later, but is it <laughs> is it more expensive to earn that 30K than it would be in the UK?
1: That's a really good question. Um, I don't know how, how well I'll be able to answer that. Um, do you mean, well, do you mean in terms of the overheads that you'd have to put yeah, in place? I guess, or
0: I guess, I guess in yeah. terms of that or um, maybe things like insurances you need or mm-hmm. I mean, I'm guessing he's not meaning that the, the, the physically making the cost of the phone call and the travel and things mm-hmm. like that. But broadly speaking, does it cost the recruiters you work with more to make hires
1: in the States than it does in the UK. That's a really good question. I might have to go away and do a little research on it, basically. I, I think um, the overheads are going to be much the same. Mm-hmm. So there's something you you touched on earlier and I'm sure we'll get to later in the conversation is um, around doing business in the US from the UK. Yes,
0: yeah.
1: And and that's very possible. Like the, the overheads are very similar. All you really need is an internet connection and a phone, yeah. basically. Yes. Um, in terms of the cost of doing business getting an entity set up um you know that probably is roughly equivalent to the uk although i don't have any specifics insurances you definitely will need to bolster your insurance um, plans the us is notoriously a very litigious place to do business Uh, so you need to have the right kind of coverage in place Mm -hmm. on the other side of things um particularly in the current administration with Trump, um, it's very pro-business. So they've massively cut the um, taxes on businesses across the board. um, And really they do encourage businesses quite a bit. Um, So I I, I don't know, my sense would be it's probably roughly equivalent, but it's a really good question.
0: And that comment you made about being pro-business, so I guess that businesses in the States are expanding, they are growing. There's no reason for them not to be growing now, which is why now is a great time for a recruiter to be looking at doing this. I mean, are you getting more inquiries right now because of things like that?
1: That's a really good good one. I mean, definitely. Um, But I mean, I think the barriers to entry are still roughly the same as what they were previously. Yeah. I think we are getting more inquiries I think the main reason for that or main reasons are I mean uncertainty in in Europe certainly yeah. you know helps us to be yeah. to be frank yeah. because the US market becomes more and more attractive yeah. and then I think there's just more and more success stories coming out of the US for UK recruitment companies yeah. um and to be fair we are very good at recruitment in the UK I think and yeah. there's a lot of talent here and, you know, the world's getting smaller and smaller with technology and and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I, I fully expect there to be more and more success stories coming out of the U.S. or U.K. agencies um, going over to America.
0: Okay. Um, I've got a question from Catherine Thompson. I'm going to come back to that one about what does it take? What do I need to do to get started? I will answer that. I will ask that in a minute, Catherine. Um, But you mentioned to me about scale as, again, one of the differences. So what other key differences are there for, uh, if I'm a recruiter in the UK, um, bread and butter, contract recruiter, I'm going to be doing it in the States. What are the main differences I'm going to see?
1: Yeah, great question. So... um, the, this, to touch again on the scale it is the size but it's also the fact that all of the states are working differently so you all have different requirements in terms of um when you need to pay somebody um you know paid sick leave requirements are different in different states um there's loads of little bits like that california for example is notorious for having loads of different little sort of quirky bits of compliance um Some key differences. So um, generally, in terms of the landscape for contract recruiters, many more contractors in terms of proportion are engaged as employees than independent contractors. That's much more common. Um, Obviously, this is very, this is like a hot topic at the moment in the UK with all the IR35 legislation. Um, I heard someone speaking, I was in New York a few weeks ago for some um, presentations and I, heard someone presenting about this and they were basically saying the U.S. is like IR35 on steroids. (laughs) So effectively IR35 or the equivalent happened 10, 20 years ago. They're much more familiar with the employed model, which is the way that a lot of people see things going in the UK. Mm -hmm. Um, There are still independent contractors, obviously, um, and they're certainly legitimate ones. um, But more you know, there's a higher percentage of people being employed as contractors and it's, okay. it's called W-2. Right. And then with that, the agency has a lot more responsibility for that worker mm-hmm. because they're an employee. So you've got to be paying federal and state taxes. Um, you may have heard of Obamacare, yeah, the Affordable yeah. Care Act. So you need to provide employees with medical coverage mm-hmm. and um, actually contribute towards their medical plans. Mm-hmm. Um Like I said, paid sick leave was another thing that Obama tried to kind of bring in at a federal level. He actually wasn't able to bring it in at a federal level, but a lot of states adopted that. So you kind of accrue paid sick leave. Um, What are some other differences? Uh, Termination at will is the norm. So no notice period. Um, Yeah. hourly rates as well rather than day rates so usually people are paid on an hourly rate and that's because of the um federal and state overtime legislation Mm -hmm. um so there are quite a few differences um i'd say the main thing is the fact that most people are employed which then just completely changes the dynamic of of the relationship
0: Um, i had a comment from paul just before you started um talking then Paul said put, put a comment out saying can I go it alone and then he added another comment just as you were finishing saying no I don't want to so it
1: sounds yeah. like
0: that, that, that trying to do this yeah. as a recruiter in, entirely by yourself there's so many ways in which you could get into quite serious trouble by the sounds of things you could you know with the insurance and the payment the right way and not understanding the contracts it does sound actually very complicated
1: I yeah, I, I think so. Contract recruitment is is more complicated in the US than the UK because of all of the different things that you've got to consider. Okay. Um, I mean, once you get your head around it, it's, you know, it, it can be understood. Yeah. But this is this is why we have a business, because um, we've done all that stuff over a number of years. Yeah. We understand it really well. We're able to keep abreast of all the legislation. I mean, this this is one of the other challenging pieces is that it's always changing. Yeah. So, you know, California a few weeks ago brought in some new legislations, making it harder for um, independent contractors to to be legitimate. Right. Um, new Jersey are looking at following suit, and it's you know it's a full time job to keep keep abreast of all of this stuff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people obviously do go go it alone. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of value in having a partner, but I, I would say that.
0: No, I think you're right. And I would imagine that a very high percentage of people would. I mean, especially somebody who is um, starting out looking at this from scratch. I mean, I guess if you're already doing a little bit out there and you've got great relationships and you have been for 30 years, that's a completely different thing. But somebody who's Mm -hmm. doing contract in the UK, wanting to go to the States or just entirely start from scratch, I would have thought it would be incredibly dangerous um, to try to do it by yourself. The, risk, the risk, yeah. quite a significant risk.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean there there is risk, there's no doubt about it. Like like we've said, it's a it's a very litigious place. Oh, yeah. Um a lot of lawsuits actually come from workers. Yeah. Um so it's Don't you know, on. you you can expect to get sued basically.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: um
0: yeah. Um okay. <laughs> um, I, had, I had a question for you myself, which was I um, mean you, you were mentioning about the different parts of the States. Is there a specific exciting location at the moment? I mean, are you seeing stuff happening in particular parts? Or is that ridiculous?
1: No, that's a great question. That's a great question. So um, if you look at our our workforce, so these are contractors that we're engaging on behalf Mm -hmm. of our clients, Mm -hmm. and um, where they're spread across, our our main locations are um, New York and New Jersey, um, Texas, California, um, and Ontario, actually. So we, we operate in Canada as well. Um, if I had to pick one location that seems to be very exciting and very trendy at the moment, I'd say Texas,
0: Okay.
1: It's particularly Austin. Um, we're seeing a lot of um, action there in terms of um, people doing tech, digital, um, you know, IT recruitment. Um, that seems to be really booming, um, particularly as if you, if you look at somewhere like New York or California, it's quite a bit cheaper um, on a from a corporate level, but also on a personal sort of tax level as well. Yeah. Um, so that's quite an attractive one. A lot of people are looking at it. There's a lot of things you've got to consider, obviously, particularly if you're based in the UK. Even things like time zones can make a massive difference. Mm-hmm. Um, we our head office is in New York. Um, I obviously work out of London, and even just the five hours to New York can make things quite challenging to sort of work together. Um, So if you're looking at California, for example, that's eight hours difference. Mm -hmm. Basically, you're going home when they're getting into work and there's not really much, much crossover time there. So loads of factors to consider.
0: Yeah. Um, Those are
1: some of the hotter locations.
0: And that leads me on to my other question about whether you need to actually be in the States. But I will come back to that because what Mm. about Canada? Do you work with recruiters who are hiring into Canada?
1: Yes. Yes, we do. Often people tend to go to the US first yeah. and then seem to pick up requirements in Canada. Okay. We don't get many who sort of want to launch in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um maybe it's not quite as an exciting uh prospect location. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's definitely growing, particularly Toronto. So Ontario Province. Um again, there's a lot of um lot of tech talent there, really good universities in Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, more and more companies are looking at it as an option. Um, and I think particularly the fact, you know, it's proximity to the U.S. Mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. Um, you can fly from Toronto to New York in about 45 minutes, I think. Right.
0: Okay. Um,
1: so it's great even if you're just doing a little bit of business in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, we cover every province of the U.S. Oh, sorry, every province of Canada and every state of the U.S.
0: I have to see in the flag behind you, actually. That's yeah, something of a clue to me. <laughs>
1: um <laughs> I thought I'd leave those in just like yeah a bit what's... of subconscious
0: yeah, yeah. yeah well, ah, that's why I asked the question um, <laughs> um so to go back to Kathy's question which is what do I need to do now I've got other questions for you I want to come to but if someone's at this stage and they yeah, yeah I am in I am in, what do they need to do to, to start operating in the US um how do they get started
1: brilliant question so um I think one of the, I guess, misconceptions is, um, it is possible to do business in the US from the UK.
0: Right.
1: I think a lot of people potentially aren't aware of that, Um, but it certainly is possible. Most of our clients do go on to set up offices there um, at some point in the journey, Um, particularly if they're looking at a kind of strategic expansion. It does make sense to have a presence there at one point or another. Not that it's necessarily a requirement. So I guess, I mean, I'll touch briefly on perm placements. I know this is mainly for contract recruiters, but for permanent placements, you're, you know, it's, it's relatively straightforward. You're making obviously the introduction because the end client are taking on the responsibility for that worker. Mm-hmm. You can actually just invoice them from the US, uh, from the UK, mm-hmm. sorry. And um, there's not so much responsibility on the agency right. now for contracts it's a bit more complicated because somebody's got to engage with that worker.
0: Mm-hmm. If it's
1: a short-term contract, your end client is probably not gonna want to take on that risk and responsibility. No. Um, and that's where an employer of record like PGC can come in because essentially we're we're sort of sitting behind your agency. We're operating almost as the back office to actually engage with these workers that are then getting charged out to clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can do both Um, and contract recruitment from the UK so long as you've got the right kind of partners in place Um, and then yeah at a certain stage you you probably will want to launch in the US potentially Um, but you certainly don't need to if that makes sense
0: okay that's good because earlier you said about building a community and that's what made me Mm. wonder whether I mean you can build a community without physically being there but were you Mm. talking specifically building a community
1: of people I was that time
0: um,
1: because I mean I've I've got a particular client in mind I won't mention their name but what they've done which has been really successful is quite quite a lot of events and they've created a community like a face-to-face community in that that way Mm -hmm. position themselves as sort of subject matter experts within the field that they're recruiting Um, so that's what I was kind of referencing then but obviously like we're talking about You know, in 2020, with the technology we have, you can do so much remotely with video interviewing and, you know, even what we're doing today. Um, And we work with clients who do amazing work in the US. They don't even have a US entity yet Um, and they're doing everything from the UK. So it's definitely, definitely possible
0: yeah and i guess that advent of technology and i mean no technology this type of technology has been around for a very long time um Mm. so video conferencing i was using that when i was in recruitment 20 30 years ago um right okay more and more people are comfortable with it you don't need to be talking to your candidate face to face well you can you can talk to them face to face as we are now um so i suppose that that's um lowered so many of the barriers so um True. you've slightly touched on it but can um seeing as this show is um with you you're sharing your knowledge can you just tell me exactly what you do as a business where you fall into the process um, and how people would work with you how recruiters would work with you
1: yeah absolutely absolutely so yeah I, i've sort of touched on it a couple of times so apologies if i'm uh, repeating myself no, too no, much no. here but <laughs> we effectively what we're doing is we are um I'll tell you what I might what I might do is go back and sort of tell a bit of our story, and I think yeah, that dude, helps to kind of explain what we do now. So we've actually been in business nearly twenty years now, mm-hmm. um, which I think a lot of people actually don't know it, we've gone through a few iterations in that time, so the business was founded by an Australian um who's who's still our CEO today. He lives in New York, and um, he set the business up in America really to help individuals. Get to America, so he was actually sponsoring visas, and then when they would come to the to the US, PGC would basically employ these people because we had the, their visa, and then they would get charged out to um, to various clients, and that's that's that was our business model. And then we were approached by a big, very well known UK agency about ten years ago. Um, they were our first kind of UK recruiter, and then. Um, Essentially, they were looking to launch in in America. They needed someone to actually manage their their contract business um, or the the sort of back office elements of the contract business. Um, And that's when they came to us. And so that's how we kind of found our our niche. Mm -hmm. Um, And since that moment, I think it was about nine or ten years ago, um, we've worked with loads of the really sort of high growth, exciting companies who have launched from from the UK to the US. Effectively, what we're doing, as I said, is we're we're sitting behind the agency. Mm. Um, sometimes the end client doesn't even need to know that we're involved in the supply chain. Um, often, it is used as a kind of, I guess, selling point because you know we we know what we're doing, yeah, um, and we're managing compliance, so it helps to have someone who knows what they're doing. Um, we're actually engaging with the the worker on your behalf, so it's called employer of record. So they're actually employed by PGC mm-hmm. and um, we, um, so they're covered by our insurances. Um, they have, get access to like our medical benefits, dental vision, 401k retirement benefits. Mm-hmm. We manage them from a compliance perspective and they're payrolled by PGC. Right. And then they get subcontracted out to the end client. And the, the agency still maintains their relationship with End client, and we really don't have much interaction with them at all. Yeah. Um, so we sort of sit behind the agency in that sense. Okay. And then we've also built our own software, so that the whole service is kind of underpinned by by our software as well.
0: Okay, and that's that's for the um, invoicing and the keeping record of um, who's where and for how long.
1: Yes, so you you can manage your whole your whole kind of workforce on there. Okay, Um, like a CRM or
0: ATS platform?
1: Sort of, yeah, 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 sort of. So when the workers are placed, Mm -hmm. that's when they get submitted to PGC. So it's, you know, contractors that you currently have out at your client site. Um, You can see sort of data and snapshots on them. Timesheets are all done on there, that kind of, all that jazz. Okay
0: super so that sounds um really rather straightforward to use and taking i guess it's it's um de-risking it is the first thing but i also get a sense that it's a bit more than that i mean what you're sharing with me is is um this expertise you have in the u.s market and i think that they're getting that as well aren't they this is not just a transactional relationship you have with a recruiter from what i understand
1: yeah I, i think you're spot on um you know we do occasionally get approached for you know by recruiters who have a one-off placement say that they've made in like idaho and they just need someone to kind of support them on that uh but you know our by far our sort of preferred client um if i can have favorites would be a company that comes to us and is really looking for a partner to help them launch and expand and because we have been doing this over a number of years, and we've seen a lot of people go through the journey, um, we can, you know I hope provide a lot of extra added value. Mm-hmm. So whether that's just kind of general guidance, yeah. um, I mean we don't we're not cons- necessarily consultants. we're not providing a consultancy service, yeah. although that is part of what we do. But um you know I hope we can add a lot of value in terms of guidance. Um, and then we're very well connected into the space as well. so we know a lot of people who can help with things like terms of business or okay. immigration or whatnot. And I think yeah. what we're really realising more these days as well is how, you know, really our role is to continue partnering with, with these companies that, that use us. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, try and provide as much support, training, guidance as possible. Yeah. Um, and that's a big it's a big part of what we do. Obviously, if, if the agency is winning, then we're winning. So um, no. we set them up to win.
0: Okay, and um, now we're at thirty minutes, so in theory we should be stopping. But I've got three more questions. I'm determined to ask you. Um, awesome. It's a bit of a negative one, but what pitfalls do you see people making as they're trying to do this journey? <laughs> yeah,
1: um, I, I'd say probably the number one I see or the sort of the the one I see most commonly is um, not sort of taking into account all of the different costs that you need to take into account. Okay um the pricing and stuff works quite differently um essentially because you're the agency and like i said typically you're actually employing the worker um there's quite a a lot of additional costs there so there's all the taxes and insurances and stuff and sometimes if you've already agreed your charge rate to your end client you can be breaking even or potentially losing money by making a placement which is obviously not not what we're looking to do um The other thing as well is trying to place foreign candidates into the US. Um, Immigration is really under the spotlight, Um, so it's pretty tough to do that, to be honest. There are ways to do it, but it's it's you're not going to be able to do that in in a kind of sustainable, high volume way.
0: No, they like their homegrown talent, don't they?
1: They certainly do. They certainly do. And I guess probably one other thing would be overtime. So there's um, overtime requirements federally. And then each state has has sort of, well, some states have their own individual um, legislation as well. And Mm -hmm. the problem is you're required to pay that overtime. If you then can't charge it to your client, Mm -hmm. you're losing money on that. So if if that's not addressed early on in the conversations, yeah, that can be a problem. Nine times out of 10, the way to get around these issues is to speak with the right people up front Mm -hmm. um, and you know, going with your eyes open. It's yeah. usually when someone's gone a long way down the track and needs to kind of untangle what they've already done that, oh, yeah. you know, there's, there's issues. It's the same in anything in life, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, no, that's
0: right. But again, it's back yeah. to that it's a complex area. If you don't have all the information at hand, you're going to make a mistake. And that mistake could make you financially worse off or legally worse off. And i think that's the risk mm-hmm. isn't it um Definitely, my yeah. the second to last question is oh it was from kevin and i think you've kind of answered this can you work kevin browning can you work with you on a one-off placement
1: yeah absolutely absolutely so i mean um i don't want to get into the weeds of how our um, terms of business work but we don't have any sort of setup fees um anything like that so you know essentially you can you can get pgc in place and on your team um, and then you can use us for a one-off placement, or you can use us to manage your your contract business of 200 c- contractors, so okay. either's fine.
0: All right, brilliant. and my final question is, what would be your best advice for someone starting up a contract business in the States?
1: Great one, I, I think really, it just comes back to getting the right advice, speaking to the right people. Um, you know, you, you'll want to speak with a lawyer as soon as you can, mm-hmm. ideally someone who can Um, you know who understands the differences between the UK and the US Um, you know you you want to just speak with experts as soon as you can make sure you've got everything you know um, everything covered from that sense speak with people who have been there and done it Um, gather as much intel as you can and 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 form a strategy around it Um, and then I guess on the other side of that I'd probably say not to take too long over that process um there will become a point where you probably do just need to kind of bite the bullet and and go ahead with it so there's a sort of a two a bit of a two-faced answer there um but yeah that, that would be my advice
0: okay that's brilliant okay great well we are well over time um there's an awful lot to think about i think for um somebody in the uk looking to do this but it doesn't sound too complex if they i mean it's a what we were saying is if I wanted to do this and I spoke with you, I think it'd be really straightforward. If I was thinking about doing contract recruitment in the States and I didn't have a partner to work with, I think it would seem like rather a minefield. Um and I guess that's that's the entirety of your business, isn't it? Is you help them navigate this so that they don't make the mistakes and they can make those those massive growth, high fees, you know, and, and, and grow their businesses. Mm.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's not I, I don't want to make it out to be an easy thing to do, to, okay. to recruit in the US and to launch a new business in a new location. Obviously, there's going to be challenges around that. Yeah. Um, but it is a massive, massive opportunity. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm happy to help people in any way I can. So even even just having conversations with people, even if you don't end up using us, um, would absolutely love to kind of um, have chats off the back of this if if people are interested.
0: Okay, brilliant. Okay. So to that end, I've shared your LinkedIn um, details um, in the live stream. It'll go on our blog post as well. And when we share this um, out uh, more broadly, so if people want to get in touch with David, David, he can, they can. Flipping Um <laughs> I can't go over 30 minutes, so I lose the ability to speak. Um I've also said <laughs> your website address. And the other thing I've noticed on your website is there's some really great blog content on there. So you're saying you're happy to have a chat with people, but actually there's quite a lot of material on there that someone could peruse to get quite a lot of information themselves in the early stages. I think that's really valuable.
1: Definitely. I'm I'm glad you said that. Um we work pretty hard at stuff like that. Um we're also pretty active on LinkedIn as well. So yeah. Really, we just try and provide as much value as we can. Um, yeah. So hopefully, you'll find that on the website and on and on LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, that's great. All right, great. Well, thanks ever so much for chatting with me, David. I really appreciate it, um, and I will hopefully see you soon. And thanks to all our audience. And like I say, get in touch if you've got any questions. Um, and I'll be back next week with an entirely different topic for your recruitment startup. But thank you that's very awesome.
1: much. Thanks, thanks Louise. Bye bye. See ya.
0: If you would like to hear more from UK Recruiter and the Recruiter Zone, go to the blog section on our website, ukrecruiter.co.uk.